Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Hello and welcome to the Four Color Nerds comic podcast. I'm Ryan. I would be joined by the other nerds, but due to a technical error, uh, I am the only one who will be on this one. Each week we review the week's comics. Each week one of us picks the book of the week. This week I am that nerd. This week my pick of the week is Secret Wars number 9. Secret Wars number 9 from Marvel Comics, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Isad Rivik. Secret Wars number 9 took a long time to get here but finally wraps up the Secret Wars story for Marvel. So we know where the Marvel Universe has ended and has now began again. This book was a masterpiece of storytelling and art. The story by Jonathan Hickman is fantastic. It blends large-scale cosmic intrigue and world-shaking plots along with really good character moments. The art is fantastic. It's, it's beautiful. There are panels in here. That all, we all agreed were fantastic. There's a checkerboard picture of Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Doom. It's like a checkerboard with parts of their face interposed onto the checkerboard. And it's a really striking image. So in this book, you have Submariner and Black Panther fighting Dr. Doom. Uh, the Black Panther has the Infinity Gauntlet, and they are battling him, trying to delay him, uh, as like a stalling tactic until Reed Richards can can get there. Reed Richards is talking to Sue Storm and Valeria, trying to convince them that Doctor Doom is not God, that this this life that they have is not the life they were meant to have. So as he's talking to them, he also finds uh, the Molecular Man, who is the battery that Doom is using basically to power his cosmic godlike um, creation. So Reed Richards shows up, and Dr. Doom and him have a, an argument about what they've done. That Doom basically says that with ultimate power um, comes ultimate responsibility, and he did what had to be done, that he saved everyone. Uh, Reed Richards isn't having any of it. He tells him that he has made himself a god, and that the only reason he saved people basically was so that people would be there to, to worship him. So Dr. Doom tells him that he couldn't even save his own family, so what does he know about how to use power? They start arguing more, and Reed explains to Doom that Doom is afraid that Reed Richards would be better at using this power, and that Doom knows this to be true. Doom agrees uh, after a while that he does think that Reed Richards would be better at it, but it doesn't matter because he's the one who has the power. Well, the Molecular Man hears this and since basically says since they both agree that there's no need for them to fight um, an uneven fight. So he does something that puts them on an equal footing and then they battle it out. Reed manages to win and the Molecular Man becomes like the new battery that Reed Richards uses to recreate the Marvel Universe um, along with uh, basically the Molecular Man provides the, the power to do it and then Franklin Richards crafts all these universes, and um, Mr. Fantastic throws them out into the multiverse as new worlds. So we see that the the first family, the and the Future Foundation, 
basically are creating the new Marvel Universe, that they're not going to be superheroes anymore, that they're going to be scientists um, instead. So this is where we start to see uh, some images of the new Marvel Universe. Um, the Black Panther used part of the Infinity Gauntlet to go back to Wakanda and is making basically spaceships for people to go out and explore this new universe. He actually calls uh, the ships that are leaving the very first one the Alpha Flight. So we weren't sure if that was going to be a reference for Alpha Flight or not. We were all pretty excited to see maybe the, the Fantastic Four operating as like the Future Foundation, that that would be a really good kind of what-if series or more of like an exploration rather than superhero story for them. But we're not really sure what's happening with the Marvel Universe, with like the cinematic rights belonging to, to Fox and Marvel basically doing what they can to minimize the Fantastic Four's involvement. So not sure what's going to happen to that. Um, There's also a part of Spider-Man that we all really liked, especially Christina, where Miles Morales and Peter Parker are talking and Peter's checking up on him and making sure he's done like done his homework, had his snacks, and is now ready to go out and have adventures and, and kick some ass, basically. That's going to start the Spider-Man book, which we're all looking forward to, since none of us really like Amazing Spider-Man right now. So we're looking forward to the Miles Morales Spider-Man book. Overall, we gave this book, I gave it four and a half stars. I would have given it more, but I was a little confused by the story um, fully, so I think I need to reread it to decide if it's four and a half or five star book but it, it's very very good matt gave it five stars i think everyone else gave it four and a half stars so that was our pick was secret wars number nine we then had another book this one was carissa's pick which was figment two number five so figment is the story of basically of imagination and fear and doubt this is a an all ages book that uh, disney is putting out under their disney kingdoms uh title some of us remember Figment from when we were kids, others don't, so we had both a mix of nostalgia for it and seeing it again, or seeing it for the first time. Overall, we, we liked the book, we thought it would be really good for younger readers, but even for older readers there were parts that we liked. The art was very, very good, the story was very simple and basic, but was still pretty, pretty decent, but the art was spectacular. They draw really imaginative uh, creatures. Um, and they have monsters that are appropriately scary for the age that they are. We gave this uh, three, anywhere between three to three and a half stars. Um, we would definitely recommend it for younger readers. There's also, there's other titles, another title that's out in the Disney Kingdoms line, which is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which is also very good for younger readers. And then we're also looking forward to the new one that's coming out, which is Haunted Mansion. So that looks like it'll be pretty, pretty good. Um, so again, three and a half, somewhere, anywhere between two and a half to three and a half stars for Figment 2. More if you're a younger reader or want to give it to someone who's younger. We then had Red Sonia number one from Dynamite Comics, written by Marguerite Bennett and art by Anake. So this was uh, Christina's book. Uh, she loves Marguerite Bennett, and we all really enjoy her writing, especially when she's writing... Um, fantasy stories with a strong female protagonist. That seems to be her, her forte with Angela and the Angela 1602 book. She's really showing her ability to do that. Most of us are not big fans of Red Sonia in the past. I think I had said that it was 
in my opinion, more of like a TNA book rather than a sword and sorcery book, which I wasn't that interested in. But upon reading this book, we had all changed our mind that we really liked this. The art was really, really great. There's a monster in the beginning that they fight. It's like a scorpion bear combination that's really terrifying uh, and impressive when they draw it. There's also plenty of scenes where Red Sonia is imagining different possibilities for her. Those are all well done. The story is basically that the king is dying and Red Sonia has been on all these quests to find things to prolong his life, but it's not working, so it's he's going to die. And he wants Red Sonia to become the queen, but she refuses um, because she knows what kind of queen she would be. Uh, there's a panel where she's sort of imagining what she would become. Basically her in this scene of, of decadence um, where she knows that she won't be a good queen. So she passes on being the queen and goes out uh, into the world for about a year uh, having adventures. And then when she comes back, she finds that the kingdom has seems to be doing really well. There's not a lot of crime. People are becoming educated. They all have jobs. Um, everything seems pretty good. This makes a world for her, though, that is really boring. There's no monsters for her to fight. There's no rebellions to put down, no bandits to stop on the roads. It's like it's almost too perfect. She then encounters a family that's being pressured into working for the king uh, in his, his army, and they don't want to, so the, these black talons are going to destroy them, to kill them all. Um, Red Sonia is not going to let this happen. And she kind of springs into action to defeat what appears to be like the evil kingdom um, that has made on the surface what seems to be a really pleasant world but has like a darker side to it. Like there's a price that has to be paid for, for all this. And Red Sonia is going to basically carve a bloody swath through, through those people who would do that. Um, this book was very good. The writing was, was solid. If you liked Angela or the 1602 book that Marguerite Bennett write, you will like this as well. Uh, the art is fantastic. It's imaginative. It's, it's really great um, in the way that it draws monsters, the way that it draws facial expressions, and little small moments as well. So she can do both, you know, fantastic battle scenes and also more, like, personal acting for it. This one, most of us agree that it was a four or four and a half star book. Uh, and we're really looking forward to the next one that comes out. Then Matt had a book for us um, from IDW called Gutter Magic, Gutter Magic Number 1, written by Rich Dueck, uh, art by Brett Barkley. So this is basically the story of magic um, and those who don't have it. So you have people who have magic living up in these high towers, and those who don't have it living down in the gutter, kind of getting whatever scraps of magic they have, which these high mages call gutter magic. So our main protagonist comes from a line of wizards, but doesn't, can't actually practice magic himself. So he's been trying to piece together a spell that will remove this, um, this curse upon him so that he can actually practice magic. Um, in doing so, he's kind of like a Han Solo uh, character, so he's like a rogue uh, that's going around and stealing from everyone and trying and making a lot of enemies in the process. He and his goblin friend um, raid this tower of this wizard and steal like the final fragment of the spell, but they still can't cast the spells and they need to go find a wizard who will do it for them, so they go to the goblin market. This is the part that Carissa really liked um, because she really likes goblin markets 
um, and this one is done really well. It's really imaginative. There was some criticism of the, the art, um, that the art seemed kind of flat. Um, I felt that it fell into like an uncanny valley when they were drawing faces that they just don't seem very lifelike. Um, like they're like posed like statues or mannequins. Uh, when the person is drawing more fantastic creatures like the goblins and things like that, the art works a lot better. Overall, we felt that this book uh, showed some promise and we were all interested in reading more of it. And it got anywhere from a two and a half to three and a half stars from us. If you like high, high magic, if you like kind of roguish uh, stories, that this might be one that you're interested in. Especially if you like kind of like a steampunk magical world that you might want to check out Gutter Magic um, from IDW. Then we also reviewed Scarlet Witch number two from Marvel Comics, written by James Robinson, art by Marco Rudy. So this book was one that we all very much enjoyed. Uh, we felt that James Robinson is writing a really personal story here, that he is writing about um, depression and other things that he is pretty public in his, his struggles with in the past, um, especially if you've read Airboy. Um, if you've read Airboy, you understand where James Robinson is coming from, and Scarlet Witch is a very similar character to that in that she's struggling with depression and mental illness. So in this story, she's gone to a Greek isle and met up with the goddess of witchcraft, and there is the Minotaur that's on the island um, hunting down people and causing all kinds of chaos. One thing that we thought was really strong about this book is that the new Marvel Universe is setting down its rules for how magic works. In Doctor Strange, we get the uh, idea that magic comes at a price, um, and here we also see that reinforced with Scarlet Witch's um, depression and self-doubt being the price she pays for her magic. Uh, we also saw some parallels with the Hercules book um, with the idea of gods only being as powerful as those who still worship them and remember them. This book, is the art is, is beautiful. There are layouts on here that are very imaginative. They use um, what look like basically Greek... Um, artistic symbols in the way that they lay out the panels um, that's really interesting to look at. They also do a really interesting technique with the use of color. Uh, most of the book is in is in color, but then when you have panels where someone is experiencing doubt or depression, that that panel will be in gray, in black and white. It's a very effective way for you to see the character's mental state. So you'll see panels of that for uh, Scarlet Witch, panels of that for the Minotaur. Um, it's, it's a very effective way to convey information visually. In the story, Scarlet Witch uh, finds the Minotaur, but she immediately recognizes it's not the real Minotaur, that it's um, the Man Bull, who's like a D-lister uh, villain who's been enchanted by someone, and she breaks that enchantment, and then Man Bull can't... Uh, can't stand the fact that he's never going to be anyone important and he's kind of a, a failure so he in one of those gray panels kind of realizes all this and like throws himself off the building. That's when we're introduced to who the real mastermind of this um, this is which is um, the Emerald Enchanter who's a Scarlet Witch uh, villain from way back. So this one is really well written. The story is great. It's established a lot of continuity for the Marvel Universe. The art is fantastic. Um, I gave it uh, four and a half stars. 
and most other people gave it four or four and a half stars as well. So Scarlet Witch, number two, definitely worth checking out for you, especially if you're enjoying Hercules or Doctor Strange. This reinforces a lot of those ideas and establishes some continuity and rules for how the Marvel Universe work. We had another book from the Marvel Universe from Carissa, which was Guardians of the Galaxy number four by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Valerio Skitty. Um, this one is the continuation of the story um, of the accuser uh, on the planet uh, and Gamora's fight with them. So Gamora and is basically getting the crap kicked out of her on the planet, and the rest of the Guardians are on their ship trying to decide if they should go back or not. Uh, most of them want to go back, um, but Rocket does not. Um, Rocket thinks they don't stand a chance and they don't really have a plan um, to do it, and if they go back, it's just going to be suicide. Uh, the art in this book was really very good. We especially enjoyed the way that uh, Rocket Raccoon was drawn. Um, he has a little hoodie on here that's that's really cute. Um, and the, the arguments that they're having on the ship are really expressive and well done. The thing is also drawn very well here. Uh, we all kind of agree that the weakest parts of the book um, are probably Venom, who doesn't really seem to have a, a place or point in the Guardians of the Galaxy yet, um, as well as the Destroyer of Destroyers who shows up at the end. None of us like this character or think it's very well designed, um, so we are not super happy to see uh, this character continuing, but it seems like he's going to be in here uh, for a while. Overall, um, the story uh, is pretty well written. The art is very, very good. Um, overall, we gave it anywhere between three and a half to four stars. So if you like Guardians of the Galaxy, you probably want to check this one out. Um, it has some good Rocket and Rocket uh, stuff in it. Um, has some good stuff with Kitty Pride. Overall, it's it's pretty good. Um, there is some the way that they draw Groot is not that well liked uh, by us. He's kind of like dreadlocked. We'd like to see more of a tree-looking Groot, but overall the art is still pretty strong. We then had another book that we all um, we all liked, which was from Image Comics. It was Limbo number three, uh, written by Dan Waters, art by Casper Wingard. So Limbo number three is the continuation of the story where the the Vudan crime boss knows now who they are is going to come for them. So there's a, an enchanted action figure that they have, which was really a very cool little touch um, that's supposed to guard them from being able to be found out. Uh, there's also a really good scene with... Um, at first it's like an interview for a band um, where the person's telling the person that they just kind of don't have what it takes to be in the band. And then it finally it cuts to the part where you see that the person conducting the interview um, kind of looks like uh, Christina just described him like a zombie-looking uh, character, um, and that the person being interviewed has been like snakes have burst out of him and are everywhere, which is kind of a theme in this book with um, snakes being musical notes that have come to life and are the weapons that these people use to do their magic with. So our main character is being hunted down by these people, and they're in a a music shop where they're looking through different albums and talking about, you know, that they've already heard this music and that they're looking for something new. Kind of like hipsters um, was, I think, what Christina compared them to. That's when you see, they can hear the music starting to play, but the music is, like, so loud and powerful that the main character can, like, feel it in his, in his teeth. 
the person he's with, the 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 person who enters the trance by listening to the music, kind of recognizes what's happening and gives him her cassette tape, um, tells him to you know play this music while this is going on and don't let the tape stop, and that'll stop the music from affecting you because you're listening to other other music. So then the whole street scene is basically people vomiting up uh, like snakes uh, onto them. Uh, there's a lot of uh, we commented. There's a lot of like magical vomit lately in Doctor Strange um, and in this, where people are um, are vomiting up uh, snakes to attack them. So they head back to like this warehouse to hide out, and the warehouse is nothing good. Um, it's a warehouse full of like old mannequins. Uh, we all were really creeped out by the broken mannequins. Um, Carissa had mentioned that it was like a Doctor Who. Uh, villain that as soon as she saw that she knew it wasn't going to be no good uh, I had said that you know anytime you see a warehouse full of creepy mannequins that you know no good can come of it so those uh, that those musicians track them down again and they're playing their music which is they're being protected by a spell so that music can't affect them directly but those snakes animate inside all of the, the mannequins and start attacking them and you get this uh, this scene where they're battling their way out and trying to get out of the building, and the the main character decides to basically sacrifice himself so the other person can get away, and that's where after he does that, that's where uh, this woman realizes that the the first woman that he was talking to back in the cafe has set all of this up. Um, the main character who doesn't have his memory, so he doesn't remember everything that's happening to him. But now uh, the girl with the, the headphones knows what's going on and is going to get her revenge against them. There were lots of things we really liked about this with the art. Um, the coloring of each character um, as a you know, distinct color palette really helps to distinguish them um, and is really very interesting. Um, the things with the, the snakes and the mannequins is super creepy. The killer band that's after them reminded us a lot of the Black Parade. Uh, music video was what it made us think of. It's really creepy and effective. We also really, really liked the action figure uh, that's in there. There's an ad page in the back for it that is just spectacular. If you read nothing else, you should read that He-Man action figure, uh, kind of from the Cthulhu mythos almost. It's it's really good. We gave this one between three and a half and four stars. This is a book that we weren't all totally on board with when it started, but as time has gone on, just like with Guardians of the Galaxy, we've all become bigger fans of the series. Our last book was one that Matt picked, which was Superman American Alien number 3 from DC Comics, written by Max Landis, art by Joelle Jones. This one, we all... Only Matt and I really are fans of the DC Universe and of Superman in particular. But with this series, both Christina and Carissa have really come to appreciate, um, if not Superman overall, that this story, the Superman story, is really good. Matt and I agree that this story is probably going to take its place alongside some of the core Superman stories that someone needs to read if you want them to like uh, the character. Things like Superman All-Star, uh, Red Sun, Birthright. This is going to be one of those type of stories that will tell you about the character without necessarily being tied into like current DC continuity. In this story, um, so each of these stories is like a snapshot from Clark Kent's life. 
where he's developing the traits that are going to make him into Superman, like the moral compass and lessons that he's learning about what it means to be Superman. So in this one, he's taking a plane ride uh, for the first time in his life, and the plane crashes in the middle of the uh, Caribbean. So he like drags the pilot out and surfaces, and there's this big giant yacht where they're having this party. They all drag him aboard and start calling him Bruce. Figure out that this story is taking place in the time when Bruce has left uh, Gotham, but has not re reappeared as Batman. Um, and in this, this is a party that all of his friends have every year, kind of in his honor. And then they basically pick one person to stand in for Bruce and get to live Bruce Wayne's life for like a weekend of uh, kind of debauchery and partying. In this, there's lots of cameos by DC characters in here, um, kind of in their younger days, and a lot of cases before they actually become superheroes, where there's people at this uh, on this yacht that Bruce knows from his life. The main person in this story, besides Bruce, is Minerva, who is the cheetah. And in this one, she and Bruce have a really interesting uh, relationship that uh, they develop. They party, they get drunk together, uh, we think they might have had sex, we're not really sure, but they definitely have some kind of connection. Um, there's lots of really cool scenes where Clark is, you know, he's a teenager, so he's he's enjoying the the party. He's like on jet skis, and he's, you know, with everyone uh, drinking really for the first time. So kind of getting to be a teenager living like kind of like an ideal life. But you start to see points where his kind of Superman qualities are developing. Like he's disgusted by the fact how much like money they're spending on this, that they're, they're sick people that, you know, for the price of their hors d'oeuvres that they're eating, they could have helped. So he doesn't, he doesn't like that too much. There's a scene where he and Minerva are lying out on like the top of the yacht and looking up at the stars and he's kind of yelling at the, the stars that they, you know, they abandoned him, that they, you know, cast him out but he's he's doing fine um so that's kind of the anger you would imagine it being you know cast out of your homeland not really understanding why they did it yet um but there's also moments in there where he's telling them that he hopes that they're doing fine too so you see you know more of his his nice nicer side there's a really kind of a, a cool funny scene where Deadshot has been sent um to kill Bruce Wayne um, and has drugged uh, Clark's like champagne that he's drinking because that's who everyone is saying Bruce Wayne is. So you have uh, Deadshot and Clark kind of fighting. I mean, Clark's really out of it. He's drunk. He's been drugged. So he's pretty much just standing there as Deadshot is wailing on him and all his stuff is, is breaking, which is kind of funny. And then he just basically flicks him with one finger like out of the yacht. And then there's a, a part at the end where he's leaving the yacht and he tells Minerva to come with him, but she tells him that, you know, she can't do that, that she can't just be in one place, that she's going to go be an archaeologist, um, and they hope that they meet up again. This book, the art is really good, the storytelling is really good, it's very nice to see a Superman story that's well written. Um, this book uh, was anywhere between three and a half to four and a half stars for us. Um, it's it's very good. Each of the, the American Alien stories is really good and tells a particular time in Clark's life. And we, this one, we all pretty much universally agreed, was, was very good.
Um, those are the books we read this week. You can check out our weekly pull lists and some of our other nerd shenanigans on our website, fourcolornerds.com. You can also go to our Facebook page, Four Color Nerds. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on Podcast Addict. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to come back next week when we will have all the nerds with us for another episode. Until then, keep reading, nerds. <laughs>